is, is I don't have time for that, right? How many of you have said that in last week? Yeah, we don't have time for that. We've invented technology to make our lives easier, yet the technology has make our, made our lives more complicated, which has then resulted in taking up more time to do the same simple tasks that we did six years ago in two minutes, now take an hour and a half. I mean, have you guys seen coffee makers nowadays? It's not just, oh, let me put the coffee in, put the filter in, put the water in, turn it on, come back in 15 minutes, and it's done. You got the buttons you got to press, you hit the wrong button, you come back, and you're like, now I don't have my coffee. And let's just be honest, some of us, if we don't get our coffee, we're not happy people, right? Okay, so, so the whole idea of rest, the whole idea of taking time, just as we alluded to with Mark's comment about the Sabbath, what Dietrich Bonhoeffer was talking about, the whole idea of taking time built into our lives to rest is something that our society struggles with. And I'm sad to say that it's not something that's going to go away anytime soon. That resting, if we're not careful, is going to not exist in our lives here in the future. The words, I'm tired, will run so prevalent in our society that we're literally going to work ourselves to death. Some of you are getting to that point where you are thinking about retirement. Some of you guys are retired. I'm 28 years old, and I'm already starting to talk to people like, okay, so I want to retire at the age of 65. How do I make that happen? There's some wisdom and discernment. But I also see the importance of rest. But now, more than ever, we have to work harder to make more money, so we live the lifestyle that we want once we hit 65. I mean, the economy's been terrible for the last five, six, seven, eight, however many years you want to count back. I mean, it's been some time. My mom and dad have retired over the last two years. They bought an RV and they travel the country six months out of the year. They have a house in Colorado Springs and they're gone the rest of the time. My dad worked hard for a living. He worked for HP and he was one of the leading guys in his field in the world. But it came at a cost. Hard work drove relationships away. Many of us will work so hard for the things we want or the things we believe we need that our families will pay a price. That your relationship with your spouse will pay a price. I'm learning this with Katie. I mean, I got married a little bit over four months ago, and let me tell you, one, me balancing my own life with rest with one person was hard enough. Now I'm bringing in someone else into that equation. It's hard work. Because there's always something that has to be done, right? You guys know this in your own life. Laundry always has to get folded. Laundry always has to get washed. You always need to go and get more food. You always, especially families with kids, know you always have to be somewhere. You've always got that thing. Whether it's a school play or a basketball game or, or a ballet recital, there's always something that you're trying to get to. Even as you get older, 
those occurrences seem not to go away. They become more prevalent in your life. As you retire, now it's, hey, my grandson has this. My granddaughter has this. My son has this. My daughter has this. The families have increased. So has the life activities. And so we fail to rest. And that's a problem. But that's not the only time we fail to rest. Just a little over two years ago, I was walking into the office of the church that I worked at at the time. I got a call from my boss, and he said, where are you? And I go, well, I'm at home. I got a headache. I was going to come in a little bit late. The whole entire time, I'm sitting on the phone talking to him, and I go, you're never in on Monday mornings. Why on earth are you asking me where am I? So I go into the office. He looks at me, and he says, hey, go spend a half an hour, hour in prayer. And I go, Okay. He's like, you and Daniel and I, and he was the executive pastor of our church, have a meeting at 1030. I go, great. Some of you guys know where this is going. And so, so I sit in the office at 1030. And then the executive pastor says these words I'll never forget. This is the hardest part of my job. But we're going to have to let you go. That was two years ago. Some of you in this congregation have heard those words, if not words along those lines. Maybe it's not, you've lost a job, but they didn't make it. Maybe you've heard the words of, well, remember that retirement plan you had? Well, the economy hit zero and so did your accounts. Maybe so many of those things that you've planned and that we've planned. And in that moment, I go and there's this instance. And I had planned the next three years of my life. Have you guys ever planned out your lives like this? Kind of like, I got a plan. I know what I'm going to do. Yeah. Tell that to God. He usually has a sense of humor about that one. But here's this plan, and and up until this moment, for the last two and three months, I've been praying, God, here's some opportunities, because the church was in the midst of transition. Not in the midst of losing and changing our senior pastors, but we are going from one church to two church locations to three church locations to multi-site, where opportunities to serve and job advancement start going through the roof. And I was like, this is awesome. A guy like me, I can't wait to thrive in this environment. So I started praying, and I said, God, what do you want me to do in this? And I said, okay, I know what I want to do in this. I totally miss God's voice. And then again, it was January 31st, 2011. Those words came out of our, our pastor's mouth, and I go, okay. Well, life's changed now. And in that moment, in that moment, There was a chance. And the chance was to simply do this. And it's resting in God requires obedience. Resting in God requires obedience. Open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 4. This theme of rest... So often we think it's a, a, 
a, a physical, hey, let's go home and be lazy on the couch. But as we get into the Word today, as we dive into Hebrews chapter 4, we're going to see that it's more than that. It's, in fact, it has nothing to do with being lazy, but it has to do with rest. What a concept. Again, something that our society, that we have a problem with. So let me read this passage for us this morning. Therefore, since the promise of entering His rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. For we also have had the gospel preached to us just as they did before. But the message they heard was of no value to them because those who heard did not combine it with faith. Now we have, we who have believed enter the rest, just as God said, so I declared on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. And yet his work has been finished since the creation of the world. For somewhere he has spoken about the seventh day in these words, and on the seventh day God rested from all of his work. And again, in the passage above, he says, They shall never enter my rest. It still remains that some will enter that rest, and those who formerly had the gospel preached to them did not go in because of their disobedience. What was that that I just said? Resting in God requires obedience. Therefore, God again set a certain day, calling it today, when a long time later He spoke through David, and as was said before, today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts. For as Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken later about another day. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also from his their sorry own work just as God did from his, let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest, so that no one will fall by no one will fall by following their example of disobedience. For the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is covered, uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of Him to whom we must give account. So we're talking about rest. We're talking very clearly about rest. And as we get into this passage, let's really dive in here. Something that we all should think about. And that there should be a tension in our life. If there's no tension, something's broken. Can't use a rubber band after it snaps. It's done. It's over. The tension is gone. If we've been lazy, then the tension should be to work more. If we're working too much, the tension should be to rest. And that's what we're going to look at today. 
So back to verse 1. The writer says, Therefore, since the promise of entering His rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you have fallen short of it. Okay, so here's the thought about this rest. Guys, the first reaction when we start hearing about this rest, and especially the word Sabbath, we go, wait a second. This rest that we're talking about is the Sabbath. Okay, I take Sundays off. Done. Check that off the list. But indeed, the author doesn't mean the Sabbath. The author has begun talking about a very physical rest in God's presence. Therefore, since the promise of entering His rest still stands. His rest. Guys, we're talking about a physical place. We're talking about an emotional state in your life. Rest. Peace. You can't get it without entering His presence. You can't get it unless you walk into it, right? Verse 2, For we... Also have heard the gospel preached to us just as they did before. But the message they heard was of no value to them. Because they heard, because those who heard did not combine it with their faith. Guys, this isn't a familiar, this is a very familiar message to you and I. So familiar, it's actually been spoken about in the Old Testament. It's again the attitude of entering God's rest, His presence. When they say the words, We're going to get into it here in a little bit. When he says, they won't enter, who do you think he's talking about? He's talking about the people of old who have rejected everything that God's talked about. He's talking about some of the aspects of the nation of Israel. Some of the people that have walked up and said, oh yeah, that was a good idea, but you know what? I'm not going to let it change who I am. Verse 3 says, Now we who have believed enter the rest. It's going to take belief. We believe this. The verse, verse 2, it just said, They didn't enter because of their unbelief. Now we enter because of our belief. Just as God said, So I declared on oath in my anger. They shall never enter my rest. That's a response in Psalm 95 to the people who have turned away from God. He's like, okay, you guys have hardened your heart. That's great. But have fun having rest in your life. Have fun having peace because it won't exist. You don't have me, you won't have peace. And yet His work has been finished since the creation of the world. God's physical work in the creation of the universe, the creation of the human race, is done. He's not recreating us humans, right? We're not changing into X-Men. It'd be awesome, but we're not doing that. I mean, who wouldn't want metal claws coming out of their arms? Makes opening a can really, really easy. I, I know, because Katie and I just broke our can opener. I mean, just... Hey, look, I'm Popeye. Okay, so, it's finished. God is done creating. Now, that's freed God up for something. 
It's freed God up to extend His rest. His umbrella of rest into our life. What does Jesus say? Come who are all who are tired and weary. Heavy laden. Those with burdens in your life. Come to me. For I shall give you rest. For somewhere he has spoken about the seventh day in these words. And on the seventh day God rested from all his work. And again. And again in the passage above he says they shall never Enter my rest. Verse 6. It still remains that someone will enter the rest. And those who formerly had the gospel preached to them did not go in because of their disobedience. Ladies, gentlemen, make no mistake. Resting in God requires obedience. Because they're missing it because they're being disobedient. They're being disobedient to who God is. They're being disobedient to the laws and the regulations and the, the thoughts that God has said, hey, this is what's best for you. If you do it my way, your life will be at peace. Doesn't mean it won't be easy. Doesn't mean it won't be hard. Doesn't mean that unexpected things won't happen. But it does mean you'll be at peace. You'll be at rest. I mean, think of Jonah. Think about our own lives when you've kind of said, Okay, God, you told me to go and do this. But I like hanging out over here a little bit more. It gets a little uncomfortable. I mean, who wants to get swell, swallowed by a giant fish, right? I mean, I know Lake Dillon's right here. I'm sure we got some big ones. I mean, it'll at least be able to eat your big toe. But think about that. Resting in God requires obedience. Therefore, God again set a certain day, calling it today, when a long time ago, He spoke through David and was said like it was before. Today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts. Guys, that means that the opportunity is still there today. Because if Joshua had said it just like it says in verse 8, it would be done, over with, sealed, done. Joshua would have been like, okay, time to rest. Okay, done, over with. We've, had, we've exited that season. We don't need it anymore. Because Joshua died. But God hasn't died, right? God still reigns. God is still powerful. God is still the source of our rest. And that's why he can say to David, and he says, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Guys, if God's calling you to do something, and you're hard in your heart, whether it's walking over to your neighbor and making a batch of cookies, or if it's not causing problems in your families, or if it's showing humility at work because you're, you don't like your boss. Or showing humility at work because your boss loves you and hates everybody else. I've been in both situations. I've been the favorite and I've been the least favorite. Both need humility. 
Then again, in verse 9, he says, There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. There remains a very physical rest for the people of God. Guys, if you're not resting, you're missing out. That's a sign of us as Christians to say that today is dedicated to God in a very physical form. Physically, physical rest will breed some peace in your life. But truly resting in God breeds a physical peace and emotional peace and a spiritual peace. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from his own work just as God did. Let us, therefore, make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will fall by following their example of disobedience. Guys, again, resting in God requires obedience. Just think about that for a moment. Think about your own life. I know, and I believe that God has a special and unique purpose for each and every single one of us. In this room. He's designed us that way. Are you being obedient to that? If you are, it's going to breed peace in your life. It's going to breed the rest of God in your life. If you're not, you're going to know it. God will make things hard for you at times. Especially when you're not where you're supposed to be. Jonah got swallowed by a giant fish. Other prophets and people of the Old Testament and the New Testament, we see once they walk away from God, we see the emotional instability in their life. I mean, can you imagine what it was like to be Peter after he denied Christ? After that? I mean, we're talking about Easter at the end of March, just six weeks away. Can you imagine being Peter and going, yeah, I chose to do it my way. He might be physically at rest, but do you think his emotional stability in his life was there? I don't. I mean, finally, when Jesus sits him down over a fish, breakfast of fish, and he says, go feed my sheep, how joyful that must have been for Peter. To experience that rest, that refreshment, that that thing that God can only give him, that grace, because he's now entered again into the presence of God. For the word of God is living, active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of heart. Now in all creation is hidden. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of Him to whom we must give an account. Guys, the standards in this book. Often the question is, well, what do I be obedient to? I don't get it. Well, are you in this? Is your life so grounded in God? 
that when trouble comes up, this is where you turn? Or is it something that you just throw on top of everything else in your life? I was talking about how I got laid off two years ago. Well, the rest of the story is one of the guys, I wasn't the only one to get laid off that day. But one of the other guys that got laid off walked up to me that day, just probably about a half an hour after I'd gotten laid off. And he goes, so what do you think of all of this? And I responded back to him and I said, you know what, I'm perfectly okay. Because I understand this, that my position with God has not been affected by my surroundings. That I choose to rest in God in such a way that it's going to breed peace in my life. It's the same true for us. Today, as we go from this place, as we, as we go and live our lives, are we taking moments to seek God and rest in everything that He's promised us? I know what it's like to worry about finances. Maybe not like some of you. I haven't had to provide for kids. I haven't had a. I've barely been had to provide for a wife. I mean, again, we've been married for four and a half months. I don't know what it's like to be out of work while being married. I don't know what it's like to to trust God while you're losing a loved one. I don't. But I know that we go through that. I know there's going to be a time when I'm going to get a phone call and on the other side of the phone is, hey, your mom passed away today. I know that's coming. No one lives forever. I know there's going to be a phone call on the other side of the line that says, your dad passed away today. Might even get a phone call that says, my brother passed away. Maybe. We get those phone calls. I got a phone call once while I was doing youth ministry at a church. And on the other line was, I'd just gone and prayed for a student who was going to go in for surgery that morning. And I, had, I was in a meeting that afternoon and a bunch of people tried to call me, didn't have my phone on me, went out to my car where my phone was, had six messages. And they all said the same thing, get to the hospital quick. They think he's paralyzed. Guys, when life changes, when our lives get busy, as they will, that's not going away. Do we rest on God? Do we seek Him? I'm going to have the band come back up. And I want us to take a moment this morning. Just a moment. Because sometimes that's all we get in life. To, to look at our own lives and ask God, where do I need to rest in you? What things do I need to give up? Now at this time, it also invites the elders to come up. Because as we've been doing for several weeks now, guys, we want to pray for you. And this is an area where we may not be able to take something off your plate. But we can lock arms with you and stand strong. And we can encourage you and we can be the body of Christ. Because there's some needs in this church.
Some of us, I know, need to rest more. We need to trust more. Some of us need to take that break with our families. We need to say, you know what? It's supposed to work today, but let's go fishing. Let's go for a hike. We need to build those times, but we need to build those moments with God. Let me pray. God, thank you for allowing us to be here this morning. And as we continue in worship of who you are, let us be able to praise you. Let us be able to recognize you as the sole person that we can place our rest in. That only you can provide the rest that's unadulterated, that's untainted, that's all-powerful, that will change the very essence of who we are. God, let us experience that today. In your prayer for me. Amen.